Hey there, future fans. This week, we get a concussion, so pick up your phone and get ready to sue. It's the week of August 30th, 2019, and this is episode 148 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that is right you are listening to future flicks with billiam and in case you're new let me give you a quick rundown on the show we do a few things we first open with an intro which i seem to have magically skipped and gone right into the uh what the show is about segment i don't know why i did that i just kind of i guess i'm on the rails i guess i'm boom i'm just going i i have a goal and i'm going for it so normally it opens with a random intro whatever my sick brain comes up with and then we get into the news that's any new movie news that has hit since the last episode and then we get into the trailer trove which is every new trailer that i have noticed since the last episode In both of these segments, if I miss anything, let me know. I will hit it up in the next episode. Then we get into the movies, which are broken up into two, count them, two categories. The first being limited releases, which is any movie that's a limited release and didn't do anything to get my attention. Does it mean these movies are bad? Not really, just that the trailer kind of fell short. In this segment, I tell you what the movie's called, who's in it. And then we move along in the next segment, which is the wide releases and interesting indies. It's every single wide release and then any indie movies that did something to catch my eye in that section. We tell you what the movie is, what it's about, who's in it. And then I give some thoughts on it and I wrap it all up with a score, which I call the Billiams interest level score, a.k.a. the Bill score. Then we do a question of the week and then I send you along your way to the other great shows in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, which are all back. Yes, they are all back. The family's back together again, and it is great. In the time that they were gone, I was the rock. I was the rock that held it all together. Rocks don't hold things together. I I was the rock, uh, the backbone. But now all the other shows are back, so you can listen to those new episodes and my show anywhere you can find podcasts. Well, you know, we got into the show pretty quickly, so let's just... Why don't we just start with the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. In a story from Sci-Fi Wire and a kind of no-duh moment, John Carpenter says that you shouldn't count on a definitive ending to the Halloween franchise. In this interview, he says that as long as there's money in this, I wouldn't count on an ending. And God bless you, John Carpenter, for saying what so many people in the movie industry refuse to say. We all know it's true, as long as there's money in a franchise, as long as they think they can make a buck, they uh, any of these big companies probably won't let the horse die. Wait, that's what I'm saying. I phrased that wrong, didn't I? They'll just keep on beating the dead horse. Lucky for the Halloween series, though, the 2018 movie breathed new life into the franchise. We'll see how long that life lasts. In this interview, John Carpenter also hinted at revisiting They Live. And God help me, if you do another They Live movie and you don't at least acknowledge Roddy Piper in some way, then you are dead to me. 
This next story comes to us from Entertainment Weekly. If you have looked at any news recently, any entertainment news, you will know that the 2019 D23 Expo held in Anaheim uh, had a lot of news, a lot of news for a lot of Disney properties, Marvel, Star Wars, and other things that aren't as important. Or Pixar, of course. Pixar is just as important. But now we have release dates for a lot of uh, for a lot more films. Mind you, this list may not be complete as of yet. These, this is just a list they gave at the expo. We know this year, October 18th, Mal- Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Frozen 2 will come out November 22nd. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, December 20th. Onward, that new Disney Pixar film. Well, of course, it's Disney. This is D23. But the new Pixar film coming out March 6th, 2020. Mulan is March 27th, Black Widow May 1st, Artemis Fowl May 29th, Soul, another Pixar film coming out June 19th, Jungle Cruise July 24th, The One and Only Ivan August 14th, The Eternals November 6th, Raya and the Last Dragon November 25th. Going into 2021, we have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings February 12th, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness May 7th, Cruella May 28th. Thor, Love and Thunder, November 5th. These are, those last ones were all in 2021. 2022, Black Panther 2, May 6th. That was the final announced date. So just remember, even though Disney announced all these at the expo, they're still technically subject to change. Disney is pretty good about keeping release dates set in stone, but sometimes, as you know, with the Marvel movies, they can move those around. They moved Endgame around, was it twice? This next story comes to us from comicbook.com, and it's another story out of D23. We have more details about the Disney Plus show What If, and something I didn't know is that it's going to be an animated series. But now we know that there are going to be 23 episodes, so one What If episode for every Marvel movie so far. That is from Iron Man up to Spider-Man Far From Home. And I'm kind of excited and also disappointed. I, I'm just looking forward to this show. I think it's going to be interesting. But I was hoping it was going to be more like the comics where it would just be random stuff. Like what if Spider-Man kept his cosmic powers? What if Cyclops wasn't such an ass? You know, stuff like that. But if they want to have it tie into their movies, whatever. I will give the show a shot. Worst case scenario, it's not good and I don't keep watching it. If you haven't seen it... We have a first look at Emma Stone in the Cruella movie. So far, the only thing we've seen is a picture of Cruella holding three Dalmatians and her two goons behind her. Apparently, there's been some uh, some hate thro- being thrown the way of this picture because I guess the internet just hates things. And you know what? If any of you out there are one of these people that decided to throw shade the way, the way of Cruella just after they release this picture, I kind of want to know why. Why did this picture elicit a response from you? In this next story from Digital Spy, it's been confirmed that Woody Harrelson and thus Carnage will be in Venom 2. And yes, thank you. I, I like that news. Any any chance we have to get more Woody Harrelson, I'm down with. He's awesome. And finally in the news, this from Metro.co.uk. Jessica Chastain has confirmed that a, a certain scene from the book It will be in It Chapter 2. And she says it's a brutal scene. And if you have read the book, this isn't a spoiler, because supposedly this is how the movie opens. But there's a scene in the book where two gay guys are walking home and get jumped 
by some homophobes and they get the crap beaten out of them. One of them gets thrown off the bridge and then uh, off a bridge and then Pennywise comes and makes everything right, right? No, Pennywise is terrifying. Why do I bring up this story? I brought up the story because I think it proves that It Chapter 2 is going to be way more dark and way more brutal. So if, if you had any issues with Chapter 1, stay the hell away from Chapter 2. This is not going to do you any favors. And you know what? There wasn't much else in the way of news that I noticed this week. So all I can really say is the usual. If I miss something, let me know. And I will talk about it in the next episode. But for now, let us take a quick break and hear a word from our friends at the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, my friends, welcome back. It is time for everyone's favorite segment, The Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to The Trailer Trove. Hey, future fans, quick note. I know that the Rise of Skywalker second trailer came out, but I'm actually going to talk about it next week. And do you know why I'm going to talk about it next week? Because I forgot for this week. I honestly forgot about a trailer that did make me really excited. And I'm actually recording this part during my editing. So the show's already done. I'm like, I, I, I can't do that. And I knew this one was big enough that someone may finally say something about a trailer I skipped. So I just want to put this in. So let, let's get on with the show. Okay, let us start with our our first trailer, which is for a film called Villains, starring Bill Skarsgård from It, Jeffrey Donovan, who you would know from Burn Notice, and Kira Sedgwick, who's been around forever. This movie is about a couple on the run. They robbed a convenience store, and they're on the run, and they break into this house. And this part is a familiar it's a familiar story because they break into the house. Guess what? They broke into the wrong people's house. They broke into the house of Jeffrey Donovan and Kira Sedgwick, who are apparently f***ing crazy. They have a little girl chained up in their basement, not for any weird sex reasons, at least it doesn't seem that way. So I'm just going to put your mind at ease right now. But the girl seems f***ed up herself too, and the couple ends up getting captured, and then the story is, from that point on, can they get away? Will they get killed? And what's the story with the girl in the basement? I think the trailer makes this look interesting. It's very stylized. It has a very kind of, I hate using the term retro because it's such a hipster term now, but it really has this retro feel to it as in it's a modern movie, but it it kind of feels like it could equally take place in the 70s. Even the style of the poster is really pulpy, which I know is more 40s, 50s, right for pulp, but whatever. I think this film looks interesting. It could very easily have been and even still be a basic film that somehow got an impressive cast, but there's only one way to find out. It's to see it on September 20th this year. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to the next the next trailer, which is called The King. This is a Netflix original movie that will hit Netflix and theaters later this year in the fall in a, in a so far unreleased date. And this stars Timothy Calumet, Robert Pattinson, Ben Mendelsohn, Joel Edgerton, 
Dean Charles Chapman, Lily Rose Depp, and Sean Harris. And it looks great. I feel that Netflix Netflix maybe felt that someone was challenging them or daring them to make an epic film. And they were like, yeah, we'll show you. We'll make we'll make one about King Henry V and shit. And they did, and this is what this is what happened. And it looks intense. It looks really good. I think the cast is amazing. So this movie is about Hal, a wayward prince and heir to the English throne, who is crowned King Henry V after his tyrannical father dies. Now he must navigate palace politics, the war his father left behind, and the emotional strings of his past life. And we have Tim- Timothy Calumet as King Henry V, Robert Pattinson as the Dauphin, Dauphin of France. This movie just looks epic. It looks like one half drama, one half medieval war movie. And I am down. I am down to watch this when it hits theaters and Netflix this fall. Next up, folks, we have a movie that's going to be a little dividing because of the inherent political nature of it called The Report. It's an Amazon Prime original that will be hitting theaters select theaters and Amazon Prime on November 15th. And this is about an idealistic Senate staffer, Daniel J. Jones, is tasked by his boss to lead an investigation into the CIA's post 9-11 detention and interrogation program, and he uncovers shocking secrets. This stars Adam Driver, Corey Stoll, John Hamm, Annette Bening, Maura Tierney, Michael C. Hall, Ted Levine, and Tim Blake Nelson. And I think this looks really good. Unfortunately, I think this movie is just going to be looked at by some as just a a liberal Hollywood movie. And I'm not saying the people behind this film didn't have an agenda. I am not saying that. But I think when it comes to movies and, well, basically anything with a political edge to it, we're too used to just turning our backs on anything that disagrees with us. So I think this film is going to be really polarizing, but for those who see it, I think they're going to find a really interesting, really well-acted, well-written drama. Once again, the report comes out November 15th. So next up, we have a film that I thought I was just going to skip over, not even talk about in the trailer trove until the trailer made me laugh quite a bit. This is a comedy starring Adam Devine, Michael Pena, Alexandra Ship, Justin Hartley, Wanda Sykes, Ron Funches, and features the voice of Rose Bine. And this is about a guy who gets a brand new phone and it has this Siri knockoff called Jexy. So just picture the movie Her. If you remember, it's that one with Joaquin Phoenix about the guy who falls in love with his phone, or that is the AI in his phone. But now imagine that instead of falling in love, he finds it to be a nightmare because the AI is crazy. All the while, he meets this wonderful woman. He's trying to make things work with her, but the phone starts getting in the way at every at, at every turn. It sounds really stupid, I know, but something about the trailer made it work. I think the fact that they know that it's a dumb idea, they 100% go, no, this is a sh- idea. We're just going to get good comedic actors in this, and we're going to make it work. I'm excited for this. I think it's funny. I think it has a lot of promise, but it's also going to tank in the theaters. We'll wait for this to come out on streaming. Jexy comes out October 11th. Next up, folks, we have the next and probably final trailer for Ad Astra. And it it's a mix, like any good second or third trailer, it's a mix of scenes we've already seen and new stuff. This one, we actually see more of Tommy Lee Jones. Not a whole lot, 
but we see more of Tommy Lee Jones and Donald Sutherland. This movie still looks really good, and each trailer that comes out makes me more and more excited, and I cannot wait for, what's that date again? September 20th this year. So just in, uh, let's see, one, two, three more weeks. Well, three and a half, technically, more weeks. This will be out, and it's it better be good. I think this is going to be like an interstellar. Where it's going to be really good, but it's also going to kind of be polarizing just because of the artsy nature, I want to say, of it. Because it's not this big, flashy, Star Wars, Star Trek-esque sci-fi film. There we go. Thank you, Sweet. It's going to be more like Arrival. And thinking about it, I cannot remember, just off topic, when it comes to Arrival, which one I hated less, the movie or the book. Because I think, no, I think I hated the, the short story more. Because there's no real ending to it. It just kind of ends. Like the aliens leave. It's like, okay, well, that's it. So I'm going to stop right there before I get into a tangent that goes way too long and then talk about the next trailer that I saw. That looks really, really good. It's a film called Antlers. And the trailer came out right as I was recording and already passed the trailers in the last episode. So I just thought, ah, eh, we'll wait. And we're talking about it now. This is a horror film starring Carrie Russell, Jesse Plemons, and Graham Greene. And this kid named, let's see, Jerry T. Thomas, who's fairly new. He's been acting since 2015, but he's only done a few things, probably because he's a little kid. But this movie is kind of weird. It's about, it takes place in a small town in Oregon, and a teacher and her brother, who's a local sheriff, become entwined with a young student harboring a dangerous secret with frightening consequences. And the secret has something to do with his family, who I'm assuming are turned into monsters or something. And then he's trying to hide it. So he captures little forest creatures to feed them. And I think he also eats them, too, because no money's coming in. The parents aren't going to work. So how can he afford food? Carrie Russell's the teacher. Jesse Plemons is the um, is the sheriff. And this looks like one of those artsy horrors, but not to the level of things like The Witch and Midsummer. No matter how you felt about them, even if you like them, I'm just using that as a baseline to tell you about how artsy this is. This is directed by Scott Cooper, who directed Crazy Heart, Hostels, Black Mass. So, you know, cheery movies. And it's also produced by Guillermo del Toro. But it doesn't have a hint of Guillermo del Toro's normal, you know, I, I kind of want to say charm, because you know how all of his movies have that feeling about it, even if it's something scary. It's never a straight on horror. It's always a little quirky, but not so quirky that you can't take it seriously. So, But there's none of that here. This looks like a straight up semi-artsy horror, and I am looking forward to it. And it comes out, let's see, um, sometime next year. There's actually no set release date. The next movie we have to talk about in the trailer trove is one called Motherless Brooklyn. This comes out November 1st, and this is directed by Edward Norton, and it's based on a novel by Jonathan Lethem, but Edward Norton wrote the screenplay. And guess who it stars? Just guess. You'll never guess. Edward Norton, right? There we go. So it stars Edward Norton, Bruce Willis, Gugu Mbantara, Leslie Mann, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Suppley, You'd know Ethan Suppley if you ever saw My Name is Earl. He was the brother. Uh, Alec Baldwin, Michael Kenneth Williams, and Bobby Cannavale. And, oh, Fisher Stevens. I think that's it for the people of note. So this is about this guy with Tourette syndrome living in 1950s New York who just has a hard time in life until he's discovered 
by a private detective played by Bruce Willis. And the private detective learns how to basically how to harness the skills that Edward Norton's character, Lionel Esrog, has. But it's not just that he's using him per se. He, he's teaching him a lot and it makes Edward Norton's character's life easier just a little because he still has Tourette's in a not horribly accepting time. And then Edward Norton screws up somehow. Bruce Willis is killed. And now Edward Norton has to find out what Bruce Willis was working on while being chased by the people who killed him. This has a very film noir kind of feel to it, and I really like it. It makes me think of L.A. Confidential, one of the greatest movies of its type. This, again, I say comes out November 1st. This looks really, really good. The trailers keep going, folks, which is good because the news didn't last that long. Let's talk about the next one called Frankie. This is a film brought to us by Sony Pictures Classics and director Ira Sachs. Ira Sachs, who did movies like Love is Strange, Little Men, and 40 Shades of Blue. And uh, I'm torn because part of this seems like Oscar bait. It seems like a stacked cast and a 100% drama movie. It doesn't look like any hint of comedy. It doesn't look like anything else. This is a straight on drama. It's about what I gather it's about is this woman named Frankie is dying. And so she brings her whole family together during a vacation in Sintra, Portugal. And it's about the family just coming to terms with the news and interacting and has an amazing cast. It stars Isabel Huppert. If you've ever seen a French movie that you liked, she was probably in it. Of course, she was also in a couple terrible ones as well, but she's been in a lot of great ones. She is a superstar in France. It also stars Marissa Tomei, Greg Kinnear, Brendan Gleeson. And normally I'd be complaining about this movie because it is stacked. It is a true Oscar bait movie. And if you watch a trailer, it has all these buzzwords like gorgeous and tender, says David Ekrelik from IndieWire, and made with immaculate craftsmanship, Owen Gleiberman from Variety. And the pairing of Hubert and Tomei is something to genuinely marvel at. So, you know, normally the kind of bullshit I hate, but something about the trailer really grabbed me, and I am looking forward to this film. Will I see it in theaters? Not unless I'm going to somehow see it for free, but I will watch it when it comes out afterwards, and I think y'all should too, or at least give it a shot. Frankie comes out October 25th, and it has been a good week for trailers because we have another one that looks looks really good, another highly skippable one in theaters. Highly skippable, but something to keep an eye out for when it comes out at home, either streaming or Redbox. It is a comedy called Corporate Animals, starring Demi Moore, Ed Helms, Jessica Williams, Karan Sony, who you have seen, if you've seen any comedies from the last few years, uh, he was, oh, he's Dopinder from Deadpool. You've seen that. He was Nate in Office Christmas Party. Jesus, he's been in a lot of stuff. Po- uh, Detective Pikachu, Always Be My Maybe, Unicorn Store. Good God. But it's basically about this woman named Lucy, who is the CEO of a company that produces edible, uh, edible utensils to help us get away from this consumption of plastic which you know it's a it's a good idea and from the look at the trailer they're more making fun of the type of person she is as opposed to the idea of saving of saving the planet so that that's good but she takes her team out on one of those team building exercises you know like this business office goes and plays paintball for some stupid reason well these people decide to go rock climbing or not rock climbing exploring uh underground caves 
and just brought up The Descent. So kind of The Descent, but a comedy. They call it a horror, but I think that's stupid. It's just a comedy. And when they're going through these tunnels, there's a huge cave-in and they're all stuck. Hilarious, right? Uh, this looks like the perfect movie to watch on a rainy day. I know I say that a lot, but it really is the perfect time. A lot of these movies I talked about in the trailer trope are good rainy day movies. But this comes out September 20th. All right, folks, we have to talk about the Breaking Bad movie trailer called El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. This, um, this looks like it has promise. Jesse is on the run and uh, people are chasing him. That's basically all we know right now. The only two characters confirmed are Jesse Pinkman, of course, and Skinny Pete. Will we see Walter White in a flashback? Maybe, probably not. But of course, I also wouldn't put it past him like at all to come back. But this is a Netflix original, probably not hitting theaters. I, I really doubt that Netflix would put this one in theaters, but you can look forward to that October 11th. It was just a teaser trailer, not a lot going on in it. And finally in the trailer trove, we have to talk about that Lady and the Tramp trailer. And I'm simultaneously sold and not interested at all. And I find myself in this really weird limbo because there were parts of the trailer that I thought looked great because for part of it, at least they have real dogs in it, you know, just real animals. And then certain scenes, they CG the eyes and mouth and certain scenes are fully CG'd. And some of the scenes that where there's fully CG'd, like that famous scene outside of the Italian restaurant looks mildly horrifying, but the rest of it looks, looks good except for when they do the mix of real and CG, where it, um, it it really reminds me of Robot Chicken and when they have the, the action figures and toys talking. Okay, I'm being a little dramatic with that one, but it, it looks weird, and I really hope that it's just not done yet. And like I always say, when a movie comes out with questionable CG, I hope that they just release a trailer before they were fully done. Because I think that is the best the best case scenario for this film. Lady and the Tramp is one of my all-time favorite Disney movies. I, I watched it a shit ton as a kid. I'm pretty sure I broke the tape. But even though I love it so much, I think releasing it to Disney Plus is a good idea. I don't think it would have done well in the theaters. Just because it, it, it looks okay. I mean, I would not have seen this in theaters if it hit theaters at all. Disney Plus? Yes, I will definitely watch it. This features the voices of Tessa Thompson as Lady. Justin Theroux as Tramp. And the rest of the cast is Sam Elliott, Janelle Monet, Ken Jeong, Kiersey Clemens, F. Murray Abraham, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Benedict Wong. This will hit Disney Plus on its release date of November 12th. Disney Plus's release date. Obviously, the movie is coming out on its release date. I, I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. Well, my future friends, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us take another break and hear a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle, and we'll come right back with the limited release section. Please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to read a comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on somewhatnerdy.com. All right, and we are back with the show. I do want to 
acknowledge that I know some new trailers have dropped. We have the new Joker trailer, and I actually think I'm going to save those for next week since we talked about so many trailers this week. Ah, screw it. Let's just talk about the Joker trailer. So like any good second trailer, this trailer showed us more of the old stuff and some new stuff too. And some of the new stuff we saw is really intriguing. And the old stuff, we still see Joker getting beat up. We see him talking to a psychiatrist who's firing him, I guess. We see people just being mean to him. We see Robert De Niro's character again. We actually get to hear a little bit of Robert De Niro's character and probably what drives Joker to become obsessed with him or at least want to meet him. I just have this really bad feeling. This really bad feeling that there are going to be a bunch of very cringy, very bordering on sad moments where we see him trying to succeed, see him trying to live a life, but we just see him failing. And I think this movie is really going to hint that he was a normal person at one point. And when stuff just got too bad and kept on getting bad, kept on getting bad, staying bad, not changing, that started to f*** with his head. And so my interest in this movie is to see Joaquin Phoenix in what could be one of his greatest roles. I want to see that. I don't want to see this as a Joker movie because I think this has to take place away from everything else. I think this has to take place outside of and not connected to the now defunct, but in theory still existing DCEU. I think this has to live separately because this is basically just a a what if. A what if story like like Marvel's what if comics and the soon to be uh, Marvel's what if animated show. This is just a what if what if someone else was Joker? What if the Joker didn't come from the Red Hood gang? What if Joker was this normal guy trying to live a life and then slowly but surely he goes insane? I think this will be a good movie, but a bad comic book movie. If, if you can understand what I mean, I think it's going to be a good film. I think it's going to be well acted, well presented. I think it's going to be well, well, just good. I think it's going to be a good film, but I don't think it's going to have any hint of the Joker we know, except for a creepy laugh and some new twist on the traditional Joker suit. Personally, I think that that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker looks like it's paying homage to Cesar Romero's Joker from Bat the Batman uh, TV series from 1966, starring Adam West and Burt Ward. So I think this movie has a lot of promise, but if you go see it, you want to go see it just as its, as its own separate entity, and you want to see just a good movie on its own that has nothing to do with anything else from the DC Universe. And I'm glad that this has nothing to do with the DC Universe, because I liked Heath Ledger's Joker, which, okay, technically isn't tied into the DCEU, I know, but... He had a really good Joker. Different? Yes, still good. And I liked Jared Leto's Joker. I liked this idea that it could have been Jason Todd and that we will just never find out. I like that. But when they continue with the Batman movies, they inevitably have to do Joker again because it's the Joker. I mean, we talk about on this show, we talk about other comic book movies and how some of them tend to repeat to the bad guys. Batman is one of those, tends to repeat bad guys, but Joker is one of them that has to be redone. The Joker has to be, and always will be, a current Batman villain. If it's the classic Joker, great. If it's that new, new, not new anymore, but that new 52 Joker with the face that he cut off and then straps back on, 
Sure, as long as it's the Joker. But this Joker, I don't think should belong in the greater vision of the of DC. I think it should be its thing. We should go, thank you, Joaquin Phoenix. Thank you for this wonderful performance. Thank you for being a creepy motherfucker. Now we're going to go somewhere else for the actual comic book movie. Joker hits theaters October 4th, 1919. <laughs> October 4th, 2019. All right, folks. Well, now it really is time for the movie. So let's jump right into the limited releases. And we start with one called Neza. Neza is a young boy who is destined to have the spirit bead, a magical artifact that will help him be the hero he is supposed to be. Instead, he gets the demon bead, which was meant for a devil that will fight against humanity. Can Neza fight against his new fate or will he succumb to evil? This is a Chinese animated film that actually doesn't look that bad, but I don't think it looks good enough to push it into the next section. Like, it looks entertaining. If I see this one day on streaming, I will watch it. But the, the enjoyment level that I think I can get from it based just on the trailer wasn't high enough to push it into the next into the next segment. Next up, we have a film called Todas Seyen. Kayen? How do, how do you pronounce C's in Mexico? Say. Saiyan? You know what I mean. It's C-A-E-N is the word. Aiden is a charming seducer who believes he knows how to make any woman swoon. Sounds like a great guy. He prepares to teach his friends the art of conquering women. He's getting better all the time. Mia is an ambitious producer that dreams of having her own TV show on women empowerment. Mia and Aiden cross paths for one fateful night and they soon go head to head in a battle of the sexes. This is a rom-com from Mexico. Next up, we have Bennett's War. After surviving an IED explosion in combat overseas, a young soldier with the Army Motorcycle Unit is medically discharged with a broken back and leg. The problem is, riding motorcycles is in his soul, and against all odds, he trains to make a comeback racing motocross. This stars Michael Rourke from The Young and the Restless and Trace Adkins from Lincoln Lawyer. And my, my, my viewers, my friends, my dudes and dudettes and everyone in between, I just want to remind you that I do respect our men and women in uniform. I respect those who serve our country. When I make fun of a movie like this, I'm making fun of it because it sounds like a shitty movie. Fun fact, though, the Army Motorcycle Unit is apparently a real thing. I did not know that. Next up, we have a film called Before You Know It. A pair of sisters find out that their mother, that they thought was dead, is alive and starring in a soap opera. This stars Hannah Pearl Oot from Dorm Life, Jenna Tullock from Bless This Mess, Mike Coulter from Luke Cage, Mandy Patinkin from Homeland, and Alec Baldwin from It's Complicated. And, uh, no, no, just, just no. This, this was the movie that Alec Baldwin did before the other movies he's doing. Well, I guess he's not really starring in anything anymore, is he? He's just, he just has smaller bits, bit roles. So I guess he can take a lot of these movies and just make extra money. Well, my friends, we have one movie left in the limited section, and that's called Saho. And, okay, this is a action thriller from India that I, I could not figure out a good way to write the synopsis based on the trailer, so I went to IMDb to find the synopsis, and I copied it verbatim, because what the f***? Here we go. This is a power battle, which is taking place between the higher echelons of power, unrelated and unconnected episodes occurring in different parts of the globe, intertwine in an unforeseen manner to a revelation of mind games. 
Okay, that was the first sentence. The story delves the audience into the game of a brilliant mastermind to reveal the true nature of all that are involved. It challenges the preconceptions of who is the hunter and who is the hunted. It blends in a thrilling story with a commercial element of storytelling to deliver a high-octane action entertainer appealing to all segments of the audience. So I have two theories. I have two theories about this, uh, about the synopsis. So here's theory one. It was written by someone higher up in the production company that didn't know English. And, you know, I get it. That's fine. You're from India. You don't have to speak English. You're from India. That's your reasoning for not speaking English. That's great. But they didn't have the common sense to find someone who did to, to, to check what they wrote. My second theory is that this was written by someone who knew English, but they were just bombed off their ass and were trying to sound fancy. But no, just, just skip this. And I know it hasn't been too long since the last break, but we don't, we only have six. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, we only have six movies coming out this week. And the wide releases and interesting indies. So let's actually just go on to the next break and then we'll be right back with the next segment. So please stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. All right, folks, welcome back. We are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. And the first movie is actually a movie I decided should have been in the limited section, but I forgot to talk about it, so let's just get this out of the way. Santa Girl. Santa's daughter gets a chance to attend college for one semester before returning home to fulfill her duty of getting married to Jack Frost as part of a merger between Santa and Frost. What she doesn't count on is meeting two great guys that both capture her heart. Who will she choose? Or will she even get to choose and have to marry Jack Frost? This stars Jennifer Stone from Wizards of Waverly Place, Devin Workisher from Greek, Barry Bostwick from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and Hank Stone from 2004's Punisher movie. And you know what? I'll tell you what, what would have actually put this in the wide releases section is that if it came out around f***ing December, that's all it would have taken. If this came out in fucking December, I would have put this piece of garbage right there up high in the wide release section. All right, well, let's start with the true wide releases and interesting indies with another one that barely made it on the list, and that's called Angel of Mine. A woman is still grieving over the death of her daughter years ago. She loses her grip on reality when she sees a girl who could have been her daughter and begins to stalk the girl and her family. This stars Numi Rapace from Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, Yvonne Strahovski from Chuck, and Luke Evans from Dracula Untold. And normally I would, I would, I think I would like this a bit more just because it's, it's kind of a thriller and it has some really good actors in it, but it's so basic that I don't think anyone in this film could save it. It just looks like every other movie, just like it, where we have some, some woman losing grip on reality and 
just starts like stalking someone, killing people, doing something like that. And it's just boring now. Angel of Mine gets a four out of 11. Next up, we have one called The Fanatic. This is about a rabid film fan who stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life after being shunned by the actor. This stars John Travolta from Phenomenon and Devin Sawa from Final Destination. And in an interesting switch, John Travolta plays the crazy fan. I know it's not really that crazy of a switch. I just think it's funny that the bigger actor of the two is playing the crazy fan. Uh, this movie looks 100% cringeworthy, and it just feels like someone who usually makes cringy comedies thought that, oh, you know, I should get into the thriller game and tries to do this thriller slight horror. I think they're trying to sell it as a horror, but I, I don't buy it. I buy it as a very weak drama thriller. So unfortunately, this just looks meh. I, I don't really ever want to see this just because John Travolta's performance looks like it's going to be so awkward, weird, and uncomfortable that I don't think there's enough good in the movie to uh, to make it worth it for me. Some of you may not be bothered by that, so maybe check this out, but I think there are two better movies to watch this week. The Fanatic gets a 5 out of 11. Next up, we have a film that's woefully mistitled, and it's called Killer Man. Mo Diamond is a New York City money launderer who wakes up with no memory and millions of dollars in stolen cash and drugs. He must scour the streets in search of answers while trying to dodge a crew of violent and crooked cops. This stars discount Chris Hemsworth, Liam Hemsworth from The Hunger Games, Emery Cohen from The OA, I think that's how you say it, The OA or The OA, that show on Netflix, Diane Guerrero from Jane the Virgin, and Mike Moe from Empire. So where to begin with my problems for this movie? And even though I have a ton of problems with this movie, it still made it in this section because it there wasn't really much good this week. There are only two movies I would have I really would have put in the in the wide release section. And I think that the other movies that I've already talked about, I think have enough enough going for them that maybe someone, maybe maybe one of you listeners, maybe ten out of all of you may go, Oh, that's interesting. I'll I'll think of that for later. I'll keep that in mind. I will store that right here. So my first problem is the title. And I know the people behind the movie don't have a whole lot of say behind the title. I know that company executives and stuff can just come in and change it. But but Discount Thor's character is is a money launderer. He's not a gangster himself. He's not a murderer. So calling it Killer Man, I'm like, really? Is that what we're doing here? We're just trying to make it sound cool. Not cooler per se, but you know, just more violent than it is. True, this m- movie is still going to be pretty violent, but not not violent enough to be called Killer Man. And the second thing that bothers me is that, so they get into a car crash, him and his partner get into a car crash while they're evading the dirty cops that they're trying to work a deal with or work a job with. I don't know what they're doing, but they get double crossed by the cops. And during their escape, they get into a car accident. Liam Hemsworth there, I can finally say his full name. Liam Hemsworth gets hit on the head in this car crash, loses his memory. His best friend who was in the car with him is f***ing fine nothing is wrong with the guy so liam has lost his memory mo diamond has lost his memory and he's like oh i don't know anything the world's so confusing well isn't it good for you that your friend is with you in the hospital isn't it good that he takes you to see your girlfriend i know that's not magically going to make someone's memory come back but my god they're really trying to sell this i have amnesia thing but Everyone who can tell him about his life is with him in the movie. This whole thing is just a bad idea and 100% skippable. And only watch this 
if you catch it on a streaming service one night when you're super, super drunk and maybe just auto plays for some reason, you're flipping around on Netflix and it lands on that. And you know how Netflix just starts playing sometimes or most of the time when you land on something that happens and you're too drunk to reach for the remote that just fell out of your hand. That is how you should watch this film. Killer Man gets a 4.5 out of 11. All right, folks, we have two movies left, and the next movie is the first actual good-looking film this week. This is a movie called Don't Let Go. A cop's niece and brother get killed in what appears to be a murder. Weeks later, he gets a call on his phone from his niece, his niece who had just died. She's calling from the past, and he may have one last chance to save her. This stars David Oyelowo from Selma, Storm Reed from A Wrinkle in Time, and Michaelty Williamson from Forrest Gump. I'm pretty sure that when the trailer for this movie first came out and I talked about it looking interesting, I referenced the movie Frequency. Dennis Quaid, Jim Caviezel, and I was excited for this, and I still am. This looks good. It really does. This is an interesting idea. It's a familiar idea that they took and that they changed enough for it to not feel like a complete ripoff. And I like this cast. And even though I didn't like A Wrinkle in Time, I look forward to seeing Storm Reed in something else. Michael T. Williamson, always good in what he does. Not as big as... Actually, he never really exploded, did he? Because he got the role of Bubba, and he was good, and people knew him, and then he just never really took off from there. And that's unfortunate. It really is. But he has done a lot. And fun fact, technically, he was in a movie with storm reed they were both in a wrinkle in time he was the voice of the it look this looks interesting it looks entertaining but it doesn't look amazing it doesn't look some like something i need to go see is this yet another film that's going on my ever growing to be watched list yes yes it is one reason i think this this uh week for movies is so well weak is because that next month we have something sizable something notable each and every week so i don't think any movie really wanted to be released now when they wouldn't get any time any time to shine really because the first week has something big and something that's strong enough to hold up against or at least stay close behind to the movie the rest of the movies coming out next month and i think all the movies next month are very are are paced in a very smart way so it doesn't surprise me that this week is a little lackluster that being said i still think that don't let go is going to be good it's not going to be bad it's not going to be well it could be bad but it's not going to be great it's going to sit somewhere in the middle where you just watch it and you realize you watched a good movie don't let go gets a 6.5 out of 11 and my future friends we need a pick of the week because that's how the show works that really is how it works so let us get on with this with our pick of the week which is called official secrets this is based on the true story of a british whistleblower who leaked information to the press about an illegal nsa spy operation designed to push the u.n security council into sanctioning the 2003 invasion of iraq this stars Kira Knightley from Pirates of the Caribbean, Matthew Good from Watchmen, Rafe Fiennes from The Constant Gardener, and Matt Smith from The Crown. Oh, who am I kidding? We all know he's the doctor. The only reason this movie is a pick of the week is because nothing else came out that looked like it could even compare. Don't Let Go does look good, and for some of you, it could actually be your pick of the week depending on your, your feelings about this topic. 
some people are still very protective of George H.W. Or no, just W, right? Yeah, George W. and the war in Iraq. The whole thing was so convoluted and there's so many people involved. I'm not sure if we'll ever know the full true story. But you have to admit that fishy sh** was going on and there is now proof of fishy sh** that went on. And this movie looks like it's about one of those pieces of proof. But look, even if you're the biggest liberal ever, this still may not be a movie for you. Political thrillers are not for everyone. And I understand that. So that's another reason why this week wasn't great for movies, because the, the best looking movie, in my opinion, is a potentially polarizing and honestly still not that interesting looking movie. I like this cast. I think it could be really good. But guess what? This is still 100% skippable. This is a very, very lackluster week for movies. And I think it's okay because next week is going to make up for it with a single movie. But if you do like political thrillers, this looks like a great movie to watch. It really does. And it has reliable actors in it. And from the looks of the trailer, it looks like they did everything right. So the only real question is, how do you feel about this type of movie? And do you want to see a new movie in theaters this week? I think most of us, and I wouldn't be surprised if every single one of us skipped this film. Official Secrets, though it's a pick of the week, still only gets a 7 out of 11. All right, my friends, let us hear our final word from our good, good friends at We're Doing Fine with Robbie and Lisa. And we'll be right back with the question of the week. So please stay tuned. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. And we're back. We are back with a question of the week. Uh, the question of the week may have been a repeat. I may have done it before. I still have never finished going back and listening to all the questions in the previous episodes so I can get a list of everything, which I should do one day. I mean, come on, it's not that hard, right? Only 100 plus episodes left to listen to the question. Yeah, that, that's fine, right? All right, everyone. So we have another bit of me cutting in something I forgot. And in my defense, I didn't forget to talk about Critter's answer on this show. He gave me the answers, but the day I started editing and, you know, I thought, we don't hear from him a whole lot, so I thought I would make sure to get in the show. So he says he has two answers for us about the cartoons made into movies question, where I said, which which uh, cartoon from your childhood would you like to see get the Dora treatment? That's referencing Dora and the Lost City of Gold. He said, goofy answer, Denver the Last Dinosaur. God bless you, Critter. He says, how the f*** did they fool people to think that a giant ass dinosaur was human? I can see one scene where one person is like, that's a dinosaur, dude. Seriously, what the hell are you trying to pull? And he says, serious answer, mask, the M-A-S-K. I'm not spelling it for you, but you know, it's a, uh, what's it called? Acronym? Acronym, yeah. It would be like Fast and Furious meets a less annoying Transformers. And he also answers the question about which, uh, where I asked, movies are now a form of torture. Which movie would you choose to torture someone with? He says, torture movie would be Antichrist starring Willem Dafoe. So thank you for getting those in. Uh, I, I appreciate it. 
And remember, not just creator, any of you can give me any answers for any questions, no matter how old. If it's an older question, just try and remind me what the question was before you just give me the answer, because I'd be like, oh, great, you said something. Oh, because I've been doing questions of the week for a couple of years now, I think about two years. So uh, you'll forgive me for not knowing all of them. But let's get on with the show already in progress. Well, let me remind you of what the question of the week was. And the question of the week was, which movie had a great cast, but still sucked? A more eloquent way we can put it is which movie was lackluster despite the amazing cast? Our first answer comes to us from Evan. And Evan says, every DCEU movie, except for possibly Man of Steel. And I agree. I really liked Man of Steel. And you all know how I feel about that. I love the film. I, I can watch it and i can see why people had problems and i could i could admit it too that the movie had problems but i think that henry cavill's portrayal of superman was amazing i think he embodied superman really well and i think that was the most important thing about the movie the rest of the dc movies fall in that wonderful fun but flawed category and i think critter has said this before that re-watching them re-watching the other dc movies they're better than they were the first time still not great. And that is the only answer that came to us from outside this household. I do want to point out something I noticed is that I skipped episode 150, 150, 143. I just go straight from 142, which was titled, let me see, ba -ba -ba, titled the sleeping lion retirement home and straight to 144, which was fast cars and bad films. And I know why I know how this happened. I had started work on the show and then I ended up skipping that week. So when I went to do episode 144, I just think I went into autopilot mode and I saw that I had a file for 143 and I just filed it away and then went, okay, let's do 144. So yay, we're one episode up ahead because of a mistake. Woo. And you know what? Since I did so many one shots and like movie review things that I didn't count in the episode count. When we still hit 150, I will still count it as 150. Well, let's get back to the question of the week. Anne has an answer and she says, Into the Woods. If you remember, Into the Woods was the musical from 2014 starring, let's see, I'm just going to go down the IMDb list because I don't want to take time to put them in order. Anna Kendrick, James Corden, Emily Blunt, Christine Baranski, Tracy Ullman, Meryl Streep, there's a huge name, Johnny Depp, another huge name, Billy Magnuson, Chris Pine, and that's it for the huge people, but that's a great cast, and I know it's a really popular musical, a lot of people love it, but it, the movie really, really fell short, and I felt the ending was just kind of bleh, I mean, ended, and it, it's like, that's it? This is really how it ends? And I'm not saying that every movie has to have a super happy ending. I've seen Rent, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but come on. If you're going to make just... They should have made the movie feel more complete. And I find myself with two movies, and both of them have my favorite actor in it. And I'm so sad that this is the case. The first one is The Monuments Men uh, from 2014. Uh, and it's that historical... Uh, dramedy about a World War II platoon and is tasked with rescuing pieces of art from Nazi thieves and returning them to their owners. That had George Clooney, Matt Damon, Bill Murray, Kate Blanchett, John Goodman, Hugh Bonneville, Bob Balaban, and it was an amazing cast, and it was just okay. I really, really wanted more from it for being such a movie with the, with 
an, a, an amazingly huge cast. It was just kind of eh. And the other one, another Matt Damon movie was called Contagion. And this one starred, well, of course, Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, John Hawks, Lawrence Fishburne, Jude Law, and Kate, uh, oh, Marion Cotier and Kate Winslet. And with a cast that great, it just fell so short. And I know I'm kind of breaking my own rule with the question. The question was, what movie sucked despite having a great cast? And I wouldn't say Monuments, Men, and Contagion sucked, but with such such a big cast, such great actors in it, it should have been much better. And I think movies like these, movies like these answers that we've uh, that we've heard today, are proof are proof that it's more than acting that makes movies good. There's a whole lot more to it. But take any one of the major pieces of a motion picture away, and it won't succeed. In some cases, if certain aspects of a movie are outrageously great, we can forgive certain other parts not being great. Like, let's say maybe the cinematography is a little off. Something doesn't look right. It, it, it the, They don't capture the feeling very well, but the acting and the writing, it, it's just top tier. We can still look at that movie favorably. But these two and our other answers we have once again Into the Woods and all of the DC movies except Man of Steel, all of these just fell short. So it's time to come up with a new question of the week. All right, so Anne actually came up with this question. She saved my keister, and she says, let's flip the last question. So which movie that you really liked had an actor or actress that you hate or severely dislike? This performance could have changed your view on that actor or actress 100%, or you could have just liked the movie despite them. But which movie do you did you like despite having an actor in it? you didn't like. Well, my future friends, that is it for this episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. Let us wrap this up with a closing housekeeping. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, as well as any podcast app. You can also find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars, please. All the stars possible. And then share the podcast with your friends. That is how we grow. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Please support us on Patreon. You can find a link in the show notes and on the Somewhat Nerdy site. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle podcasts, which are also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Support the friends of the shows whose ads you've heard during this episode. And don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.